G'day everyone and welcome to episode 77 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined after what seems like an eternity, uh, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. Um, kind of weary. I just got back from work, so kind of. But uh, I, I don't think that'll... I'll get my energy back soon enough. <laughs> that's, that's happened before. Um, what about you? Yeah, no, I've... Um yeah, I guess the elephant in the room is uh, we, we've been we've had like a almost a five week break. Uh, we've had let's see construction issues, then family issues, and then illness. So it's been a <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, and luckily us. enough, nothing <laughs> in the gaming world happened. Like that, that yeah, was no, good for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nothing to report. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got a real bumper episode this time as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, we'll we'll get to that in a sec. But uh, how about uh, you tell us a little bit about your new? Ki- I guess for the audience and for me, it's new. But I think you've had it for a little while. Your new mechanical keyboard. Yes, um, I actually I've already forgotten how long it's been. So. I guess it's been within the last month, <laughs> if you don't know about it. Um, I'm sure people will hear it as I type, because it's quite loud, um, as all mechanical keyboards usually are. Um, I'm enjoying it, because I don't, I don't quite remember why I got it. I think like I started reading about mechanical keyboards, like in like you know proper PC setups. And once I started like reading a little bit, it's like, oh yeah, my one sucks because it's like a really cheap Logitech one. And I was like, I, like the more I used it, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was one. I remember seeing one comment specifically that said like, once they figured out the keyboard they liked, you know, with the right keys and the right mm. and everything, there's a lot that goes into into mechanical keyboards, which I still don't For know sure. almost any of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing one comment saying it's like my keyboard is a joy to type on. And it's like, huh, I've never felt that about a keyboard ever and like I'd like to try and find that <laughs> and I've definitely gotten close to it so I'm happy about that <laughs> what did you what did you end up going with what is the the model or the, and the brand uh, I don't have information on hand hang on <laughs> I think it's like um, ducky hey, brand ducky. and then it's like one two like the let the word ducky, one, one and then two. the number two and it's yeah, I, I think it's um, cherry red or something I've, gotcha. I've really forgotten a lot of it, but it's um, it's like it's not like completely out of the like it's pretty. I tried doing a lot of research on it and trying to get somewhere where it's like this should be a big, good beginner mm. setup. Duck is like, a good, well-known brand. Yeah, I think so. It's like so like I got the um, I call it because I'm just using keys as like a bro. Like there's so many different terms and I've I've forgotten so many of them since I bought it because suddenly <laughs> I just didn't need to think about them anymore. Uh, but like the yeah. actual caps, like the plastic is meant to be higher quality than it is on, like by average yeah. on this on this particular keyboard I got. And yeah, it's PBT instead of ABS. ABS is considered the cheaper, inferior one, and PBT is meant to be the more durable one. Yeah, that that sounds right. And then um, gotcha. Yeah, because I kind of want to tinker with like I think cherry browns is one where like there's kind of a response some way down yes. where cherry yes. reds are like kind of. Yeah, you just Very go like linear. all the way down, <laughs> yeah. and then there's the yeah. Like I kind of want to tinker with those, but I'm already mm. like I'm happy enough with it right now to not yeah. really want to experiment too much. 
that was always the thing. So the the browns and the blues were considered the tactile ones. So they're the ones that have a distinct click. And also when you type, you can feel like the point at which they make, uh, like they activate, quote unquote, to the like uh, the the key press. So what I have is I've got the blues, which are the they're tactile and they're clicky, whereas the browns are tactile but not clicky. So they're meant to be like the you know it's 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 recording friendly, it's office friendly, but it's really nice to type on. Yeah. And then and then the the reds I think are more linear, so they're designed to like super fast responsiveness for like gaming. Um, but obviously, you can still type on it just fine. It's just a different feel. Uh, yeah, it's than, than what it's taken a bit. To. I also it's also smaller than my last one because I don't have a numpad, which I think yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think yeah, it's TKL. been a long time. Yeah, I think it's been a long time since I've had not have a num- had a <laughs> numpad. I'm still yeah. not good at it. Like it's just like it's I'm not very good at like automatically jumping to the top number pad. Yeah, um, you still got the uh, the muscle memory. Yeah, but it's nice having like being able to like bind macros. Mm. For my, even though they don't, I don't have almost any, but it's like it's it's not like it's an upgrade from what I had already, like just in this basic ways. So it's, yep. um, I'm enjoying oh, it so far. Cool. Yeah, yeah, because um, that's that's why like that was the thing that I made. I jumped across to the the ten keyless life, as they say. Uh, I think like maybe three years ago now, like just as I think just before the pandemic or just around that like when we were still st- when we were streaming and honestly it just is much more ergonomic for gaming because like your mouse like I can keep my WASD ha- like my hand on the WASD keys and my mouse like they're kind of like shoulder width apart rather than before where if I wanted to have my keyboard be comfortable I would have to move my mouse in a because the 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 number keys would push into my like come into my mouse pad and then I'd have to adjust. So this has just been a lot more ergonomic from a gaming perspective. But right. yeah, um, I guess if I was an accountant dealing with spreadsheets every day, I probably wouldn't. Well, that's <laughs> like apparently like that's I, I was like trying to read up <laughs> on it and I saw I've seen a lot of comments over time of like people who just like they have like several keyboards and one for work where they do mm. that kind of stuff and they have one for gaming at home and they have like several at home because depending on what they want to do it's just like I kind of get it like I, like, I don't know I, I mean I don't get it get it because it seems like trying to like because you know there's like a subreddit dedicated to this stuff of course there is and there's like an FAQ it's that does like such a I can understand there's information being presented yep. to me but mm. it does such a <laughs> at least to me as someone oh. who knows nothing about it such a poor job of tutorializing absolutely anything <laughs> like yep. it, it's explaining stuff for us like you keep forgetting step one of all of these things <laughs> over and over again so it's just like it keeps it like you know i read it's like okay keys but it feels like it skipped like a big bunch of information and then it's getting to the detailed stuff right away and it's the faq yep. so i don't know where to go <laughs> um, <laughs> well that's the thing it was it was much simpler like i think i switched to a mechanical keyboard maybe 10 years ago 10, 11 years ago and back then it was so much easier it was basically like weird Chinese brands that you'd buy off AliExpress or like really like esoteric kind of like forums then there was the Duckies which was like Duckies and, and Das keyboard I think were the like the two keyboard like mechanical keys and then and then like Cooler Master and Corsair and and then they started coming in around that time so it became like easier to go in with one of them so that you had 
you, you got the feeling of the mechanical keys, but you got kind of the, the QA or the, the warranty process if, you know, of, of a mainstream brand. So I, I went from like a, uh, I think I had like a Cooler Master, or then I had a, and then I had a Corsair, and then now, now I'm with this. Oh no, I am back to Cooler Master now. I just realised. <laughs> so, and it's 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 been cool, especially um, there's so many things now, and people like spend thousands of dollars building custom ones. So, it's only a matter of time before I end up with a custom keyboard that I make myself or something ridiculous. Yeah, so you get like your own caps, your own keys or whatever they're called, the actual part, mm. the gear part, you know, and then like yeah. there's like all sorts of stuff you can get. I don't understand yeah. any of it, but um, yeah, and back and back then it was just pretty much one key company, which was Cherry, the right. like, from Germany. And then yeah. what happened was, I think a few years ago, the patent for the switches that they make expired. So then it was like the, the market just opened up to all these companies from China who just like, hey, we've got our own tweaked version of it. Then Logitech did their own tweak. And then Razer's like, we've got these hybrid, you know, got all these... Yeah, I read about that part. I remember that. <laughs> it's like Meccano. It's like... I don't know. It's weird. It's like they keep it low profile, but they're mechanical in a way, and I don't know how good that is. So yeah, I'm not gonna make it past judgment on that. So yeah, <laughs> um, there's, yeah let, let, let's go down another rabbit hole. But <laughs> yeah, so that's been my month. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And I, I, as I mentioned before, like kind of a combination of illness and just stuff happening. Uh, in, in the personal life to just meant that we couldn't record for a few weeks now um, but yeah we're back and that's all that matters we're here we're here to talk about some of the developments in the gaming world over the past I guess uh, week uh, let's uh, let's take it to the news John We haven't been here for about four weeks, but it seems like the same <laughs> group of stories are popping up. We've got news about Microsoft versus Sony, uh, news about Starfield potentially being delayed or being delayed again, and then layoffs. So stop me if you've heard these things before. Yeah, like you're about <laughs> to go s- about to say a bunch about Xbox developments, but Activision yeah. a- acquisition yeah. developments. And it's yeah. just like going through the quotes, like, man, my opinion on this has not changed. <laughs> I mean, I guess it wouldn't, <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, like mm. I've stopped, I've stopped personally keeping up with the maniche of this story yeah. from a long time ago. And not much has changed, you know, because it's just like corporate merger. Silly. Yeah, I think, the, I think the biggest change was the fact that um, Microsoft signed 10 year deals with uh, Nintendo and nvidia so that call of duty would show up on nintendo at least the nintendo switch and then uh would show up on geforce now for a long time as well which miraculously um, changed their opinions and made them support microsoft (laughs) i think i I thought nintendo were already pretty neutral about it in the first place but i guess it probably helps to get them on board you know yeah it was nvidia that turned like did a like a 180 on its opinion okay and Shameless. then got behind Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. And then Sony's been spicy f- for months now. Yeah, like I think the, lo- the things that happened between also was like Microsoft really hitting home how dominant Sony is and how shit its own ecosystem is in terms of lacking, you know, tentpole releases. 
the, yeah. the like Wikipedia, every time so, I read like I mean maybe we should I should have did you want to go through the news first or should we keep talking yeah maybe let's do that let's, let's yeah. do that first so the, uh, the the latest update is uh, uh, coming uh, coming to us uh, via uh, Eurogamer so what happened this week is that uh, there was a Eurogamer reported on a document that it came across dated uh, 23rd of February in which Sony, uh, I guess like buried in all of the, the mumbo jumbo, Sony complained about the fact that the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, which is I guess been like the most vocal, I guess crit like the most vocal hurdle or like uh, kind of like most outspoken government agency against the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard and in this document um, Sony said that the kind of the initial sanctions that the C the CMA has put forward aren't going aren't actually enough to uh, to avoid Microsoft being anti-competitive so essentially what Sony is uh, what Sony's putting forth is kind of like a scenario where Microsoft is like sabotaging the future of PlayStation's Call of Duty versions in an effort to I guess promote playing Call of Duty on its own systems and the the reasons the 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 different scenarios that it proposed are a little bit it's a kind of cringe like but I guess potentially could happen, even though it wouldn't make business sense. So yeah. the, the th it, it, it sounds yeah. like they're trying to appeal to people who don't like know games well, you yeah. know, necessarily. No matter it's like oh, I understand these things. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounds a bit like it's very broadly scare, like fear tactics or whatever yeah. that term is. And I think it makes sense that Sony's doing this with the UK because PlayStation is like entrenched in Europe. Like it's like. I don't think I feel like since the since PlayStation launched Europe has always been synonymous with Sony and PlayStation like it's just like I just can't imagine them going team green so I guess Sony wants to dig down and and let its PlayStation faithfuls know that you know Microsoft's trying to trying to take away your Call of Duty so the 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 the, the scenarios that Sony's lawyers proposed uh, were number 1 that Microsoft could potentially raise prices for PlayStation versions of Call of Duty. Number two, that Microsoft could potentially reduce the quality of the game on PlayStation consoles, whether that's, uh, you know, not fixing bugs or, you know, not giving the best... Um, like not giving the best, technical. like... Technical. Like. graphical, uh, I guess, like, polish and things like that. The uh, the third thing was that it could ignore PlayStation specific features, so things like the impulse triggers on the the DualSense controllers, or using uh, you know the built-in party support, things like that. Uh, number four was that Microsoft or would the developers wouldn't be incentivized to not prioritize development or or you know the the multiplayer of the PlayStation versions. And number five uh, is that if the games were brought to a, a subscription service in the future, they would only be available via Game Pass. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, like, these are 
these can happen. Like, these are plausible, but I highly doubt that Microsoft would be able to get away with any any of these measures. Yeah, me too. But you say get away, and it's just like the one thing I think of, or it's like all these things that Sony proposed is like broadly, like generally, not going to happen. Like it's just not really. But it is re- relatively possible because the way mergers work, as I understand it, maybe I need to learn more, is that um, Microsoft is mostly just kind of saying like there's no no like legal requirement here. Like, I think I think that's what the ten year contracts are about. Saying it's like we will develop games for your console for ten yeah. years at least. Like that's the part where it's like okay, we're mandated to. I guess I'm not even sure if they're like legally. Like I think it was like a really. gesture of goodwill type thing. Yeah, so maybe they're not even that. But it's like with the merger, it's like once it actually goes ahead, it's like they they can just stop doing the stuff they said they were gonna. Because Microsoft's done it before, so it's like like I can understand like I th- I I feel like that's something Sony could probably hammer home more is the idea that post merger there is no reason for Microsoft to keep to what they're saying especially after something this massive, or at least to some of it, you know? Like, I, I'm not sure they're going to suddenly drop all of it and kind of, you know, um, salt the earth in that way. But it's like, I don't think... I also don't think they're going to feel, you know, especially compelled to do everything they're going to say in that goodwill yeah. sense. But I guess ultimately they're making lots of money regardless, so maybe they yeah. will. I don't know. Like, regardless... Feel bad. Yeah, but it's... um. <laughs> It's just like, it'll, <laughs> yeah. like I, you're going to get to it later where it's like, it's about like Microsoft keeps hammering home the idea of Sony being the dominant market leader. Yeah. And it's like, that's always just them trying to, it, to me, it always sounds like Microsoft trying to position this like kind of battle, this acquisition as Xbox specifically, which it kind of is, but it's also like, we're talking about Microsoft acquiring another big company. Microsoft is way bigger than Sony is. They just have done worse than Sony yeah. being a games company so far. So they're just not yeah. the market leader. And now they're trying to money their way into that position, or at least closer to that position. Yeah. So it's just like, and they're doing it in a way where they're not, there's no reason for them to, like, they can say whatever they want and then do whatever they want. There's no reason yeah. to really trust much of what they say other than just hoping they'll do what they say. Because that's what, a, whether it's for the consumer benefit or the company yeah. benefit, like. Because that's been the biggest c- criticism of Microsoft is that there just haven't been any exclusive games, or any first-party games. Now, w- wouldn't that be the reason why you buy an Activision, <laughs> Activision Blizzard? So then, mm. so then you know, wh- wh- I'm just trying to think about what else does this, what else does this deal really get them? I think it's. Like we, I think it's the mobile side of things because, I, th- I think like with, say if Call of Duty is an exclusive, I think World of Warcraft still brings in re- uh, still brings in like a consistent amount of revenue, and the mobile division which is king is still like going back gangbusters. So I think maybe a lot of this could also be the fact that by Microsoft, play Microsoft sort of playing into Sony's attention on Call of Duty, it could be like maybe Microsoft's trying to like uh, <laughs> make sure that people don't think about the mobile monopoly that Microsoft could potentially come into <laughs> yeah maybe because I, 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 I definitely don't know a ton about the king 
part of ABK. Mm. So yeah, definitely be right there. But it's like I think yeah. like I imagine everyone focusing on Call of Duty is more of a tr- strategic effort. You know, yeah, that's how I always. It's not. It. It's yeah. it's everyone knows it. Like, it's like when they're trying to convince the politicians to care, even yeah. just in the moment. It's like you know, you know, Call of Duty, your kid plays it. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think um, some of the choice quotes are, uh, you know, <laughs> the the allegation that the gaming community would have lost confidence in PlayStation as a go-to venue to play Call of Duty, end quote, if um, if like you know bugs or things were introduced to the game and weren't fixed uh, like on day one or very quickly. Um, the other thing is. You know, uh, even if Microsoft operated in good faith, it would be incentivized to support and prioritize development of the Xbox version of the game, such as by using its best engineers and more of its resources. Now, this is already done in the gaming industry. Like, whatever is the best-selling console is what gets the most resources anyway. Now, at this stage in time, ironically, I bet that Activision's probably putting more resources into the PlayStation versions because it's got the biggest footprint on the market. Like, you know, it's the fastest-selling PlayStation ever and one of the fastest-selling consoles ever. Like, yeah. it, it, it would be incentivized. Um, and number two, like, even companies like NVIDIA and AMD, they throw lots of money behind and engineering resources behind um, games to make sure that they support their unique features for example and, and things like that and then yeah so it's it's it'll be interesting <coughs> to to kind of see that pan out and that sony like um saying that microsoft uh quote has not shown any real commitment to reaching a negotiated outcome um and that uh, microsoft's been quote uh, has dragged their feet engaged only when they sensed the regulatory outlook was darkening and favored negotiating in the media over engaging with sony interactive entertainment end quote which is i think goes against what phil spencer and microsoft have said that uh, like publicly that we've actually tried to talk to them and they've told us no then they're not going to budge and and things like that so that's going to be a yeah i want to know i want to see all the like kind of behind the closed doors kind of conversations come out one day in some sort of Panama Papers-esque <laughs> expose. <laughs> <laughs> Just as important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're talking about, you know, not providing, you know, commitment to ensuring full and equal access to Call of Duty, end quote, which, come on, mate, it's a, v- it like, uh, it's, it's, it's like it's not drinking water, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah, I don't I do know think it. Yeah, I do think Sony's overstating it for effect, <laughs> which I don't agree with necessarily. But it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very much against corporate mergers. <laughs> I'm still against this one really much. Like the more I hear about, it, the more entrenched I get in that position. Like, no, no, I'm not. It could be convinced either way, or like mm. the other way. But it's, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of. Yeah, and I feel like I think there is a deadline to this deal. I think it was meant to be June this year for it before it I don't think it can go ahead and then I think I think there is a deadline like that. I, I do forget that. I'm so sorry. And and the caveat I'm not a lawyer. So if I get the legal like th- th- this is just my layman's interpretation of this is our layman's interpretation of what what's going on in these <laughs> legal <me> into it. <laughs> Yeah, mate, <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. I think I, that sounds right. So the update that happened, uh, I guess, late yesterday slash earlier today was that Microsoft issued a statement 
in response uh, to Eurogamer's report and to Sony's, I guess, quotes, um, is that it, you know it's saying that yes, there's a quote a guarantee of parity between Xbox and PlayStation on access to Call of Duty. Um, end quote. Um, interesting there. Uh, so, s and the other thing was also talking about uh, the fact that since the CMA offered quote its provisional findings, we have offered solutions which address its concerns and increase the deal's benefits to UK players and game developers. Um, the other thing is also, uh, and that it's saying that it's going to have a legal obligation to make sure that. Call of Duty will be, quote, available to at least 150 million more players on other consoles and cloud streaming platforms once the deal closes, end quote. Hmm. <laughs> the other, and the, the so last vague. part is, yeah, <laughs> that's just, yeah. Hey, we're going to make it available to more people, so how can we be taking it away from anyone? Uh, um, and the, the last part is the, I don't know, like, Microsoft putting on the persona of a beta in in common in modern online parlance apparently uh, is saying that uh, the, the decision now lies with the CMA on whether it will block this deal and protect Sony the dominant market leader or consider solutions that make more games available to more players end quote so it's, it's see I hate that I like that. like I'll repeat what I was saying earlier it's like Microsoft is purposely positioning like it's like in this argument they're positioning themselves as xbox as like the underdog which they kind of technically are in some senses but ultimately they're like the biggest corporation on the planet more or less yeah and it's just like the idea that we're meant to like and, and like and it's like it feels like what they're trying to bribe like game players or it's like you know it's like oh you're gonna get all these cool games on game pass don't think about it and, and like and most of them will be fine with it it's i don't know it, uh, it doesn't it's like i already i was already upset when they bought bethesda it's like, I don't like this happening, even though I play these games less than I do the yeah. games. It's just like, it's, it's such a momentous shift in the landscape when it yeah. will probably actually end up happening. It's so, just, I don't know. Maybe in my mind I'm exaggerating the ultimate effect of it, but it, I yeah. can't see it being a positive effect, regardless of how impactful it really is. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's my yeah. soapbox. It's like, oh no... Um, like it, I, I don't know how much you can like I just find it funny like Microsoft spinning its Xbox like it's spinning itself as a underdog when it's like a trillion dollar plus company yeah whereas Sony has over m like more than I feel like more than a decade now publicly disclosed the fact that the PlayStation arm of the business I think that and I think the movie arm are the things keeping it afloat like it it's not doing well in other sectors. This is, mm. yeah, I don't know. This is just, I feel like no one comes across, no one comes across dignified in this argument, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like with Microsoft, like, maybe it's not the best like, thing to reference, but in my mind, it's connecting. Where, like, with um, ChatGBT, is that what it's called? Like, the yeah. Bing search Bing engine. Integration. Like they, they push that so hard, so fast. It's all they it's, have. It, and it's not ready. Uh, but it's like, it's like an opportunity to take down Google as like yeah. in that sector and it like it feels yeah. kind of like the same it's not the same deal really but it just reminds me of like how Microsoft operate though 
Whereas it's like, yeah. they're not like the kind of careful, cautious, like they're just gonna, they're gonna take whatever they can, whenever mm-hmm. they can. Yeah. Like, I don't know. This this analogy is not making sense. I'm just no, pointing I, I out think, that they're I aggressive. Think wo- I think it works because, like, because if you think about it from a search perspective, Marcus, um, like Google's dominant. And from a browser perspective, Google's dominant. So if if you ignore all the other stuff, like if you, if you kind of focus on just the browser and the search engine market, of course Microsoft's going to look like the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's like, I, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. my point is like with chat, like with, you know, Bing search, like new Bing search, they're trying to move into search as like another market that Google's held for decades and try to take that. Which is, you know, whatever, like competitive market, all that. But it's like with, you know, they're doing the same thing with Sony, but in a, a way that I don't really agree with. Yeah. Where, you know, they're not like, they're trying to get into the game market. They've been there for, yeah, two decades now, and they haven't really gotten as far as they want to. And they kind of see Activision as a way to jump get there. ahead much further yeah. in a way that is not, arguably not good for the industry at large. Like, I guess it's yeah. not horrible. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just realised how like yeah. out of date these things I'm saying. <laughs> these uh, <laughs> I could have said this a year ago. You're, but, I um, mean, I feel like you have been. Like we, I think yeah, everyone's. No. <laughs> I feel like every everyone who shares your opinion in that it not being a good thing has had this kind of these criticisms since then. And yeah, I don't know. Like my. I, I, yeah, I guess I haven't been thinking yeah. about it for a while, so it's like suddenly I'm thinking yeah. about it again. It's like, oh, that's right, I'm angry <laughs> about this. Well, some uh, another thing that might anger uh, fans out there is the fact that Bethesda has delayed Starfield uh, to September 6th. So in a short CGI trailer uh, uh, earlier this week, I think it was actually earlier today, um, Bethesda's uh, Todd Howard uh, announced that uh, hey, the game's coming out on September 6th globally, uh, which itself is like a, a delay from the sec of uh, the first half of 2023, which was the, the the launch period that was announced last time. There was a delay because it was meant to come out in like second half 2022, got pushed to this half of 2023. Now it's coming up. Now it's meant to be coming out in September. Who knows? when it's going to actually come out but given the fact that this might be the only major Microsoft release this year I think that Microsoft's going to be pushing for this to come out and I'm worried about that because Bethesda games always launch like crap and only get fixed by mods years later yeah well like they've seen like a lot of the fact that it's been delayed multiple times is probably good more than it is bad you know I guess. Like, uh, I wouldn't expect it to come out as hot as like Fallout seventy six did, or yeah, four, but mostly yeah. seventy six. Even though that I think that was technically made by another developer, but like yeah. um, still, you know, it's like it's how Bethesda operates with these brands. So it's like, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I have some confidence that it will at least come out competent, like in a good state. It won't be Cyberpunk again, because that would just really, um, you know, kind of kneecap the game mm. in a way even though it's going to make absurd amounts of money anyway but yeah. it won't help so yeah. like um which i don't know i guess we'll see maybe i'll be completely wrong <laughs> might as well be but it's um yeah and then and and as part of this um 
uh, Todd Howard also announced that there's going to be a special Starfield Direct presentation that's going to take place on June 11th, 2023, w which will feature, you know, among a studio tour and conversations with developers, it'll also have a, quote, deep dive into the game, end quote. So, I believe... I believe that is the weekend before E3, um, which is tends to be when Microsoft does its like kind of E3, E3 adjacent, Summer Games Fest adjacent uh, live presentation. So I'm not sure if this is going to be as part of its showcase for you know Summer Games or if this is separate because I think there is a separate showcase announced for a little bit later than E3. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, we'll uh, I guess we'll we'll have all those details, hopefully confirmed, uh, by the end of the month. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask that. I, I mm. how do you feel about Star, uh, Starfield? Because I don't think we've talked about it much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you play much Bethesda I don't know. games? Yeah, like the only Bethesda game I've I've played myself is, okay. So I've I've played a little bit of Morrowind. Which was just a janky, which was just funny, because like it's just weird. Because I played it, I think like two thousand six or seven, so maybe like a few years after it came out, and it just seemed like a very, it just seemed like a funky game. Like I feel like what I remember from that game is like I think, like it was like very ragdoll, and it was just kind of like you you killed someone, and then they just like went limp and just became like a like a doll that you could just like kind of drag around and stuff like I thought that was very funny so for me it was just like oh this is a, this is a funny game with bug people and like giant bugs everywhere but then the, the game that I've actually played properly was I put a few hours into uh, quite a few hours into Fallout 4 which I thought was okay it wasn't very well optimized for PC it didn't really look that much like it basically was Fallout 3 with a extra shine and apparently the writing in Fallout 3 is much better. And the Yeah, that part's arguable, depending yeah. on who you talk to. But I don't like yeah. force writing much either. But New Vegas is the one that everyone loves. Yeah. The way, like, my like my, like my really close family friend, he's played all the Bethesda games since the original Elder Scrolls. Wait, and did he play Skyrim? He, That's a big one. Me? I didn't play Skyrim, no. Oh, I was okay. just like, ah... Oh, like I had a choice, either Skyrim <laughs> or Saints Row the Third. Oh, you miss it. <laughs> it's come out I had times. a choice, Saints Row the Third or Skyrim. So I chose uh, Saints Row. Oh, okay. <laughs> back back in 2011, that was that was my choice there, and I, I don't know, it just never really stood out to me. Yeah. Like a lot of the like my my family friend, he loved it. Like the fact that there were so so many different like kind of side characters and side quests and how there were so many references to things that happened in like the original like kind of couple of um for like a uh, uh, elder scrolls games and stuff because he he knows all that like he he remembers the references and everything like that i have no affinity for that i just saw like very janky jumping up a mountain and falling and it, it just seemed very clunky so yeah. for me it was like Not yeah, far off, okay. yeah yeah and then but the modding seems like if, if I ever played it, it would be with all the mods that have come out I, since. I will mention that, actually, because I bought Skyrim on PC recently. Cause Which I, like, version? I, uh, uh, I don't remember the now, re-release? It's like the middle one. <laughs> the one without all the, the DLC one. they sold us. Um, gotcha. Because like, they had, like, Anniversary, and then they had, like, some remastered 
version with a different title. I forget the name. Yeah. Yeah, I bought the middle one without all the extra bits. Gotcha. Um, and it's like I was like because I, I was curious about the modding scene because it's not ever something mm. I touched when I played it either on console and I think I had it on PC back when it came out you know like gotcha. a while ago when I had yeah. another gaming PC and that broke and it's just been a long time anyway I went into like Nexus mods to check out the most popular mods available there oh yeah it's all like horny mods <laughs> It's oh, almost purely 100%. that. And it's just like, man, imagine. Fallout's not like this. <laughs> so I could find cool mods on other <laughs> games. But why is Skyrim like this? Like, it's their biggest one. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's that, another, put it another way, it's almost entirely cosmetic in a way that really breaks with the art style and just visuals yeah. in general. And there's very few, at least from the most popular list, which might not, maybe that's just not the best way to go. That's usually yeah. just where I start out. But it's, um, yeah, there's very few, like, functional... Um, like mechanical stuff there's like some base like you know kind of quality of life fixes like menu mm. stuff but otherwise there's not much of that I was really shocked to see that like oh, that really, really killed a lot of my because <laughs> like um, <laughs> I don't know not to get too off track but um, last time I played Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3 on PC which is a few years ago on my you know, janky laptop so yeah. um, I had like a bunch of mods installed to kind of add realistic qualities to it to gotcha. mixed uh, results but I still yeah. enjoyed it it basically made everything squishy including yourself like <laughs> you get sh you get killed in like three shots and so does yeah. the enemy that kind of stuff so gotcha. you end up like gameplay goes a lot faster but it ends up undermining a lot of mechanics because the games aren't designed that way I get um, you I get yes you. anyway my point was that I wanted mm. to get something like that for Skyrim because Skyrim yeah. combat is not particularly fun and it has not yeah. held up very well. Like, yeah. I haven't even played it in a while, and I know that. Because Elder Scrolls gameplay is something I really need to fix next time into something that's a little more fun than it usually is. Yeah. And, like, um, we see all the memes of, like, you know, NPC dialogue. Oh, look, this person looks like a Skyrim NPC or an Oblivion NPC. Like, those mods are still... Like, sorry, <laughs> those videos, that <laughs> meme. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, like, okay. I'll probably play Starfield because it's on game pass so it's like the barrier to entry is much lower and i love space and i'm much more of a space fantasy sci-fi fan than a like traditional fantasy so i think maybe and, and you know it has been what when did when did um fallout 4 come out was that 2015 2016 i feel like it's been a while now so i'm hoping that listen i'm hoping that they've improved but if it's running on the same engine, it won't. Because there's only so much you can make. There's only so much you can, like, put, you know, what did I say, lipstick on a pig or whatever it is. <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. just... That engine needed to be updated. And well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They've we'll see. Kept, it, kept the duct tape around. <laughs> Stealing it up a bit. Yeah, uh, but, but the duct tape is green now because it's got Microsoft money behind it. <laughs> it's really good um, but it's uh, yeah so personally I'm not super confident in it but I yeah. also think I'm uh, my expectations are probably a bit lower than they should be like it yeah. is like a major Bethesda game it is a major like it is a new world they haven't done in a long time like yeah. I don't think Fallout technically counts because that was just you know taking someone else's work so it's like the first time we've seen something actually original from them was since Elder yeah. Scrolls I think like, like isn't Fallout like based on a book or something, or is it? No, it's, ju it's just it's made by the guys who made New Vegas. <laughs> it's just like it's oh, you different mean, different devs. It's oh, you like mean um, Fallout Four was? No, like they made Fallout oh, yeah. Three, but yeah. they didn't make one and two. 
My point is that yeah, it, it's, yeah, not yeah, like yeah, an, gotcha, it's not like an gotcha. original setting of their own creation, and Starfield is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm very curious yeah, to see yeah, how that gotcha. turns out when, gotcha. you know, it's been decades. Yeah, so like, like I, I guess hearing you put it that way, yeah. And, and I think it's also going to be one of those, like, zeitgeist games that everyone's going to be talking about. So I want to play it so that I can also have an opinion and talk about, you know, what it's going to be like. Who knows, maybe that'll be your... One dollar Game Pass. <laughs> no, we're already playing Redfall, thing. remember? But oh, that's right. Off. That's that's May, I think. Yeah, so <laughs> not far off. Actually. Oh no, it's September, right? I was thinking June. Um, yeah. But it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that's probably enough stuff for talk. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what's going on in the in the world of Take Two Interactive, John. Yes, um, layoffs. That word again. Um, yeah. So first reported by um, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. So Take Two, the, the game publisher. Um, is laying off people in its private division label, which is kind of like another smaller publisher. Like fake Devolver. That's how I thought about it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, it's kind of got more of like a small-scale prestige air to it. That gotcha. was my reading. But I also, it's not a publisher I've taken huge interest in, even though they published a lot of games I like, I think. So they're, they're one I should have paid more attention to before this story, I think. But um, yeah, so spokesman Alan Lewis says the cuts quote, we'll better align our organization with our long-term priorities, though the impact on dev teams is minimal. Um, yeah, so it's mainly to increase efficiency, in their words. Um, another thing they mentioned is that, yeah, so, and it's also not going to be broad compared to other industries, at least as they say now, because that's happened a few times lately in various mm-hmm. markets, it's going, it's not going to happen, and then the next month it happens in a really bad way. Um, but something they also mentioned is that it's um, going to hit teams outside of the U.S., so they've got yeah. numerous teams internationally, and it will not just be solely in US-based, these cuts. It will be broadly company-wide from the sounds of it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out, I guess, because I don't think there's mm. been any action there yet. They're just kind of announcing no. that it's going to be happening. Yeah. Oh, no, they no actually, no, they're saying they laid off today. So I guess yeah, it's already happened, people. but it sounds like it's going to be kind of a cascading effort. Or yep. effort in quotes. That's not a good word to use. But it's um yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna be a recurring thing for a little while, I imagine. Mm. Um, yeah. In the name of efficiency, uh, according to Take Two CEO Strauss Selnick. Yeah, uh, love that guy. Yeah. Efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you know, as always, like it's it's always disappointing to hear about people losing their jobs. I know that our industry was a was affected pretty pretty deeply last year with layoffs and Mighty Kingdom and we've been kind of slowly bouncing back with more funding announcements and things like that which, which has been great and yeah hopefully those I'm sure those people will find find work uh, somewhere else whether with within the gaming industry or elsewhere because yeah it's um it's like everyone's been doing layoffs I think the the, the intense growth that the tech and gaming sector's seen over the last three years during COVID has been I guess it was only going to last so long and people going back to the office spending less money on games you know all that they're not cooped up anymore so they're probably going going out there and you know doing whatever social people do <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like all yeah. these companies yeah. kind of are feeling the backlash of following and Meta's footsteps I think because yeah. they were like the worst at it but like they went 100%. all in on like COVID is now what we're like this era of like of how people are 
interacting with the internet and games and all that it's like they're going to keep doing this exact amount of money and time yeah. into the future and then that wasn't true so everyone's and it's <laughs> at a bad time because it's you know recession is happening at the same time yeah it's not, it's not good yeah so, yeah well i'll tell you what else uh ooh. oh sorry uh well that's going to do it for the news for this past week how about we take it over to our favorite section which is the chit chat Speaking of Take Two Interactive, we've got uh, John. You've been you've been spending some time with Marvel's Midnight Suns, which it's XCOM meets a dating sim meets like a card game meets Marvel. Is that what it is? Almost. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> um, it's yeah. So it's it's um it's been really interesting playing it because like uh, I played it on like it had a Steam free weekend some mm. number of weeks back I played it then and then I was like really hooked on it during that st- like I tried playing a lot of it to get like a good sense of it you know like so I didn't yeah. feel like I just was playing a demo um, and then yeah by the time I, the weekend was done I was like okay I want to really keep playing it so I went and bought it um, and it's it, it, it's very it's interesting especially in contrast to XCOM because I'm not, I'm not sure how deep I'll get in the weeds right now but it's like the way they've chosen a card game the way that combat is like very kind of fast paced and small scale compared to XCOM because I, I was also being playing a lot of XCOM before Midnight Suns because <laughs> uh, I started playing the first one so I could kind of roll into the second one with a little more um, awareness of what changed yeah. during the sequels but then this free weekend happened and I was like oh I do want to play that game so that got in the way um, but it's like it's very like Okay, what what ordered of things did you say? <laughs> Is it dating sim and XCOM? Okay, yeah. So like X- yeah. like XCOM, XCOM dating sim, Marvel card game. Oh yeah, XCOM dating sim, trading card game, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <laughs> XCOM thing, not very XCOMy ultimately. It's it's very okay. um. It's very. Gotcha. It's they've been designed. The game's been designed in a very accessible way, like the combat wise. Like it's trying to not be too okay. scary, basically. It's trying to yeah. like it's trying to get, but it's also trying to be tactical enough that you can get stuff, you know, get that satisfaction out of it as a tactical game. Which I think Ooh, it gets okay. a kind of pretty good, like middle ground. A lot of the game is about getting that middle ground between appealing to Marvel faithful who aren't necessarily interested in the hardcore qualities that mm. Phyrexus are invested in as well as Phyrexus yeah. doing like a bunch of new game things they haven't done before like kind yep. of because it's like the rest of it is like Persona where it's got a lot of like S-Link you know relationship building stuff yeah. in the background um, and also the XCOM I'm going to be jumping around a lot here because I'm remembering <laughs> but the XCOM thing it's like XCOM 1 at least I think it's also very true of 2 it's very defined by its urgency like yes. you do a mission and so it, many stakes. Yeah, like you're basically putting out fires in XCOM game over and over again. Yeah. And depending on how well you deal with stress, you and also like, but it helps having knowledge of those systems too. So it's kind of a push and pull, I think. There, depending on the kind of player you are. Yeah. I'm generally someone who eventually will quit because of how stressful it can become, and I I, yeah. I want I don't want to stop doing that personally. But that is how it tends to go. 
um, Marvel Midnight Suns has almost no urgency, and ha- okay. I'm playing a lot of it because I'm almost near the end. But now I'm kind of stuck in this um, unfortunate spot where I've done almost all the side content, and now I'm only on story. But I've gotten so used to the side content, like eat like the breeziness of it, <laughs> you know, just kind yeah. of like spending time doing whatever, like basically <laughs> nothing. That now I, yeah. I feel like I'm really kind of stuck in a, a rut a bit. Um, anyway, but my point with um, yeah, with XCOM is that XCOM has a lot of urgency, but that Suns has almost none, and that seems to be a, like a deliberate choice at some stage of development because a lot of it's how it works is that it could use a bit of urgency basically because mm. it never like forces you into something after the yeah. first few hours like the first few hours like really try to push you through the opening combat and story missions like you have no other options mm. yeah and then once it opens up you have too many options almost because <laughs> like because you can spend all your time doing side missions um instead of the main story missions and you can spend all your time building up relationships with the other heroes and stuff and just building up your decks because each character has like specific decks um that you can kind of improve and customize over time and like you can spend a lot of time grinding basically and it's very fun to grind in this game because it's relatively like stressless i guess in a way even though the main story game missions so like the story missions will actually scale up to where you're at as you do this stuff. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so it's like none of it really but matters so much, depending so on you, what you But you, you can't, do. you never really, it's not like a Final Fantasy where you do all the side content, get super overleveled, and then you smash through the next set of story missions. Yeah, like it's you are like technically that. becoming stronger because your options yeah. are becoming broader as you get better cards, and you're kind of getting better at the game because you're understanding each character in more detail. And you're gotcha. also like honing whatever you want them to do. And do you take on the persona of a like, an like a new hero, or like who are you playing as? Yeah, you're someone called the Hunter, which is an original character they made up. Um, it's like the cool child of Lilith, which is like kind of a demon lord that kind of person. Familiar. I'm not I sure if she's actually a Marvel character actually, because she's very ingrained. I think she she sounds Hunter. familiar. Yeah. But it's um, I I I really don't mind. I like oh yeah, kind of getting to that actually. The story stuff is quite good. Like I'm I'm kind of surprised at how great it is. Generally, it's very well paced. Like the writing is generally very good, even though I think it can lean a bit too much on the lighthearted qualities, mm. especially early on. Like I felt like I almost bounced off a little bit just because of how unwilling it's um it is to be like serious. Like, it's almost always okay. having little... You know, it does the Marvel MCU stuff where it tries to insert quips in places where it no, might not necessarily fit as well as it uh-huh, okay. could in others. <laughs> so it does that a little too much, in my opinion. But it generally balances yep. out really well, and all the characters are really okay. well-defined. That's well. good. Yeah. It's, um... Huh. As I, like, might, I might give that a go after I finish um, Dead Space and Hi-Fi Rush. Oh yeah, I need to ask about that too. But it's like, uh, but yeah. So as like as a like, it's basically a Persona game. Like, at least it reminds me a lot of playing Persona Four. Hey, it's like lots of people to talk to. Cool. It's just like, <laughs> I do wish there was some sort of mode, even though I probably wouldn't play it. But I'd like to see it of a mode that adds like basically timers to the game because it would really help it. Because I feel like it was designed around it, and then eventually they got rid of it. 
because oh, okay. they didn't want to make a game that was stressful, which is probably the right decision. But I'm very, um, I'm so curious to see how their original vision really mm. was. But um, yeah, I'm surprised that it's not been added in as a, like a DLC or something like a free piece of content. Yeah, something. Like, oh, oh yeah, I'll mention that as well. The season pass is so expensive because I really want the <laughs> Venom DLC came out recently. And Deadpool was yeah. out before that. And I'd like to play the next two, which is Morbius and Storm. And I'm so curious about Morbius because he's such a weird pull. <laughs> um, and Storm, <laughs> I, I really... I like Storm as a character a lot and I feel like she would fit well into this game. So I want to play at least yeah. those three. And they're like, they're like $20 each. <laughs> or like, And the season pass is $76 for what the Forum. Fuck? That's, more, wow. that's double than a, the price I play for the game. <laughs> that's so expensive. Yeah. Wow. So that that bums me out because I like to. That, play I was it. wondering why the free weekend was so early on, but yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think that'll. That's all. That's me. <laughs> um, Can you, you tell us a little bit about oh. uh, Atomicrops? Yeah, I'll go into that quick. Um, uh, it's basically um, a. It's kind of a bullet hell roguelike crossed with a farming sim, like um, Stardew Valley <laughs> or something, which. Sounds odd, but it's it's very um it's extremely well designed. The only problem with it I found initially was that it has a really steep learning curve, cause gotcha. it's very um hectic. Like the yeah. way the game is starts off really fast for a roguelike, cause there's a lot that start off really slow, and eventually as yeah. you get better at it, it becomes a detriment, cause you just kind of get so bored at the early stages, that you're you know, like after a point you're only playing for the latest stuff. You know, when it starts getting tough yeah. and you have cool builds already. And Atomic Crops does a really good job of fast-forwarding through that stuff as fast as it can without eliminating them entirely, like those early stages okay. of a roguelike. So it has, like, almost an arcade quality to it. And it's... I'm not sure how much I'll get into it, but I've... I think I've been, I've been playing it just before we started, like, we like our last episode. So I've been what are playing you playing it on? On PC. Because I was okay. playing it on controller at first, but on PC it's like the mouse controls help a lot because of how it's specific. How you basically need to be quite precise in some ways a lot of the time. Mm. And playing on controller, I found mm -hmm. myself like it's it's hard to explain without playing it or showing it. But it's yeah. um, a lot of the game is about precision, very yeah. quickly. <laughs> like not just about <laughs> being precise, but you have to be pretty fast about it. Like you're trying to play Stardew Valley as like a speedrunner, while stuff is shooting okay. at you from the outside. <laughs> It, it's very. Oh wow! Uh, it, it's like it's um, yeah, not yeah. I'll, I'll kind of end it there. I've been enjoying it a lot. I think I'll stop playing yep. it kind of soon because I have some disappointments in it. But I I want to try and okay. get some um, playtime with the DLC stuff, which I've only touched a little bit of. So maybe I'll okay. get into it next time. So, oh, but fair enough. yeah, that's Atomic Crops. That was uh, that's Atomic Crops. Cool, cool. Huh? Sounds cool. I that's a. I was waiting for you to say, and it's also a dating sim in there somewhere, but. We'll, maybe <laughs> I guess technically that kind of is, but it's more of a mechanical thing. <laughs> I, was, um, I was joking. I didn't realize there was actually <laughs> something in there. <laughs> um, no, it's a farming sim. It has to have dating. Um, <laughs> That's true. Fa I mean, farmer wants a wife, right? <laughs> I forgot about that shit. <laughs> it's like uh, wife swap. Well, Remember that one? Oh god. Oh, that, bad one. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, anyway. <laughs> let's not get into that. That's that's going to be separate spoiler cast, I think. <laughs> 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 we watched Patreon Last Swap subscribers. and talked yeah. about it. <laughs> um, anyway, games. Yeah. What have you been playing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been playing 
the the new seasons of both Battlefield 2042 and Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. In both cases, they like really cool updates. So Battlefield 2042's fourth season dropped last week, and Dice has committed to at least supporting it uh, at uh, a, a season five, but nothing beyond that at this stage. Oh, that's surprising. So we'll, we'll see. We'll good see what happens. Yeah, like it's 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 running better. It looks gr- it looks better. It's um, the new map is better. I think last season's map is just basically like there's a warehouse and then two two like kind of trenches on either side, which kind of sucks. But this one is like a lot. There's a lot more happening in this. It's there's a lot more kind of cover and like objectives to work with. Um, so that that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and the fact that the specialist system is back means that you people have actual defined roles and you can look at their character and know, okay, this person can heal me, this person can like fix my web, um, give me ammo, this person can fix my vehicle and stuff, which you didn't have before, mm. which, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really, really improved it. Um, Halo Infinite's uh, third season just dropped. Yes, third season, even though the game has been out for more than 12 months, I think this past season went for more than I think like nine months or s- I think there was like a season zero that went for a few months oh then there was yeah. a season one yeah. and then season two went for like six to nine months and then now we got season three uh, having played it yesterday like the new m- I, I only played one of the new maps and it's a lot of fun I was playing the I think this like the arena mode like kind of like the quick play option that highlights the new map and basically you're playing on one of the new maps which is which is really fun lots of cover lots of nooks and crannies uh, and some wide open like sniper lanes and things like that but the it was like cycling through different game modes where one of them was like are you like your team had to kind of make it through 10 rounds of different loadouts so it's sort of like a twist on gun game but it's like your whole team progresses at the same time, pretty much. Uh, it, I don't know. There's there's something about Halo's gameplay that feels so satisfying. Like, I feel like n- compared to other games, like I know with like with Halo, like I haven't played for a while, and then I just jump back in. I'm like, okay, I know I've got this many hits in. You can just tell that you're gonna kill them, or you're not gonna kill them. Like you just know. Okay, I know I need this many shots. I know that couple of hits is going to get them. There's a lot of satisfact, like very satisfactory, like uh, satisfactory sounds. The way the shields crack, the way you melee, the way the shotgun fires and things. It's just very, very fun. And the fact that there's like quick match playing, like it's it's just very easy to pick up and play, and it's a lot of fun and each season like there's like a story through um like story thread that's playing between seasons so it's actually like there's a little bit of lore uh, things going forward so it's like this one's about a the ai from the banished which is the the bad guy squad from halo wars one and two and halo infinite like a rogue ai one of the Spartans has come back and is technically trapped in his own mind with this AI playing out scenarios where his team is dying. Like it's kind of doing cool things from a lore perspective, but I think the core gameplay is fun. It's just so nice to move around. All the abilities are fun. Like I even think I think you would like it because it's not really high stakes. Matches are quick. There's only four people, and you don't need to voice communicate, but you can ping. 
So you can still communicate and let your team know and you get rewarded for it. Like you get points and stuff for it. Mm. So it's like you could jump in and out, play a couple of rounds, like, you know, play half an hour, play like maybe four or five rounds in that half an hour and just like walk away and not feel like you've been drained. Like it's not sweaty in that way. You can have fun, you can muck around and then leave. And I think that's really refreshing compared to like Destiny like I literally uninstalled Destiny of my computer just before I was oh. like I, I don't it's just like you know I think I've only done that twice once was between like before the Taken King dropped in Destiny 1 and then I think I might have yeah, not played not played Destiny for a few months during the D- two DLCs ago or something but this time I'm like I just don't have the I don't want to play a game that doesn't reward my time. Like, the the Lightfall DLC just dropped. Everyone's complaining about the story, that it doesn't make any sense at all. And it's like... I was enjoying the story in the previous season, but then it was like... By the time it's like the fourth or fifth week of doing the same thing again and again, I'm like, ah, you know what? I, it's not worth me playing a couple of hours of content to get a 10-second cutscene. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then this one just launched with multiple, like, secret quests and new weapons. And it's like, the game's been a- around for a week. How are there so many... Like, I'm not a YouTuber who's going to play hours and hours a day and get paid for it to unlock all these new weapons. And the thing is, when you unlock a new weapon or, like, an exotic weapon, which is the highest tier weapon, there are ways that now a lot of the weapons now have separate quests that you need to unlock, like, the upgraded version of that quest. So first you got to find first you got to f- uh, first you got to get the weapon which may include uh, getting it either randomly or doing a lengthy like doing a special quest then you get the gun which may or may not come with the next quest to upgrade the gun so sometimes you'll have the gun and then you have to wait for the the upgrade path to drop randomly or it may be something that requires you to do a certain activity or something again and again and then when you get that quest then you have to complete the quest and then you get the upgraded gun it's like I, I just like I get it there's a lot of content but I'm like I just don't feel a reward for it especially as someone who likes just the multiplayer like for me the multiplayer is really the thing that got me into Destiny 2 but that hasn't been updated in years and that's right. I'm just like I just can't I just it's just a waste of my time it's just yeah I, I, I'm, I think I'm done for a long time now okay yeah I've heard <laughs> yeah I don't, I've heard a bit about Lightfall I've heard like basically what you just said that people aren't all that happy about it yeah um, yeah. yeah so I so. guess yeah. It, it's always it's always actually a pretty good feeling because I think I have an easier time than most in being able to like cut myself off a game I'm quite attached yeah. to because eventually yeah. there's some point where I recognize, like, I'm not getting anything from this anymore. Yeah. And I could just cut it off. Because I did that with Pokemon Go. Yeah. And I, after a bit, I realized, like, this is more work than it is anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, all it is is work. So I just install it. And I, you know. But it's like, I understand that's, like, hard for people. And Destiny is something that really sinks its hooks into you, as I yeah. understand it. Yeah. So it's it like, that's a. Yeah, and it requires it if you want to be able to play with your friends and. Yeah, be anywhere near the required level, like to to be able to compete in the same activities. Which I just I just can't be bothered. I j- it just becomes another job, and I'm like I, d- I want to get away from that. Right. Yeah. I just want to go in there, smoke some fools, and then see some numbers go up, and then 
jump off and have a pizza. Like I don't want to <laughs> have to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's like, um, yeah. What's that? There was a game we were both excited for. Like had like new gameplay. I forget what it's called. I uh, the finals? Earlier. No. Yeah, that one. That one. That yeah, one it's like I'm psyched for. Yeah, I was thinking it's like, oh, maybe that'll kind of fill maybe that gap yeah. a little bit alongside Halo. Yeah, but it's like. Um, We'll see. Yeah, yeah. That, one, that one looks very cool based <laughs> on the new or the destruction we're and and um yeah. So you can so folks can go home right now on the Steam page for the finals. You can like enter to be part of the closed beta, or the closed test, or whatever they're calling it. I I'm I'm still waiting. I wonder if I'll get in because I really want to play it, especially with all the destruction and like verticality. Like it seems like a lot of fun. It seems like a very different yeah. game than what we've been receiving. And I didn't know yeah. there was like um, character customization in it. <laughs> oh, like not character, like you could pick your like um, weight mm. class. That's pretty which I think cool. is I didn't know that. It, and it's like the small person looked like children. Like <laughs> it looked really small. Um, but it's like it looks it, like it's a lot a lot more sandboxy than I thought it was. Yeah. And like that got me excited, even though I think there's kind of significant balance issues currently, which makes sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it sounds it looks very. And cool. it's got pedigree so, behind it because uh, the the studio is founded by a lot of former. Battlefield developers, so that that's yeah, probably why yeah. there's such a like strong focus on destruction and 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 solid gunplay. So that that's also a great like kind of great thing. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll, I'll briefly talk about the next two things. I watched the the first episode of Mandalorian season three, and I had to explain to my wife what happened in Boba Fett because she fell off that. I I, I pushed on because. <laughs> because I hate myself and because I wanted to talk about it with you. You just love Tatooine. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> like, who doesn't want um, weird bathtub-related flashbacks? <laughs> so, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> so basically, I explained to her that, uh, you know how they set up the whole thing about Grogu being partnered with Luke and becoming a Jedi? Yeah, all that ended in one day because Luke, Luke, in the middle of building his school... He had one student, and he kicked out that student because that student wanted to be with his, like, like mentor. <laughs> He's dad. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I, I really, I really enjoyed the first episode. Have you seen it? Nah, okay. I, I saw people generally seem yeah. kind of lukewarm on it. Yeah. I so lo- I was kind of wait yeah. until there's a few episodes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, like I liked it there was genuine moments of like cuteness and genuine moments of like laughter like a lot of good kind of um callbacks and and things like that so for me i really enjoyed it but i can imagine that probably people are just fatigued by all the mediocre content that disney has been putting out between the marvel tv shows and movies and um ant-man yeah like i haven't even we didn't even bother going to the cinemas to watch that i'm just going to wait for disney plus i think i haven't done that since eternals which is which i guess hasn't been that long but you know <laughs> well Eternals made sense because of like the pandemic part too yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah at least i had that <laughs> going for it. this one this one was uh, the, another reason and also because <laughs> i found reason. and also because like my wife and i found kang really annoying at the end of Loki we've, we've talked about this before and I'm just like oh my god more of him and there's going to be multiple versions of him like I don't know if I can deal with that but yeah um, the other thing last thing is there's a the first trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem came out so this is the Seth Rogen produced animated reboot it's like it's a, its own story I think 
what I will say, it's got a really cool art style, but I do not like the voices that they've gone with. They sound much younger. Yeah, they're like literally kids, which I kind of love, but yeah. I also find... I Personally, I found the writing like... Uh, I kind of wish it was leaned less towards being a kid like it's, film yeah. in some ways. But it's, I also feel like yeah. the trailer misrepresents quite yeah, how grating some of that can be. <laughs> the reason why it's weird is because, okay, so these guys, they sound like they're kids. They don't sound like they're teenagers. Maybe they're like 13. Like, I'll give them that. Maybe they're 13. But they've got... The cl- it's clearly aimed at the OG, like Ninja Turtle, nin- like the older Ninja Turtles crowd, because it's got like s- I don't know. It, it's literally using a song from I think a tribe called Quest from like 1992 or something. Like it's it's um it's it's weird. Like a weird mix between like really young unknown actors and like really childish humor versus. I think the vibe that it's going for with the graffiti look and all that stuff. But one thing I will say that I don't like, uh, Donatello sounds like he's three. Michelangelo doesn't sound... He's Michelangelo sounds more intelligent and more uh, responsible than Raphael, which should not happen. Raphael should be angry and gruff. Oh, that's, that's kind of close to the comics, actually. Maybe, but like, um, maybe. But... Yeah. And Leonardo's like absent for most of the trailer <laughs> until the end, and <laughs> just like, and um, yeah, and Amy, I think, sorry, April is now. She's still sort of a reporter, but she's like, I think she's like a high school newspaper respondent. Oh, and she's black. Like that's the, that's the other thing, but mm. which I don't mind that uh, whatever. Like that that doesn't really matter. But the fact that I don't know what they've done to my my turtles' personalities, I'm worried about. <laughs> Don't do this to me. I've done that like three times. How is this one annoying you? It's because it's the one that popped up in front of me. The, all the other ones have been on Nickelodeon <laughs> or Michael Bay. The Whereas last one was so cool, cool though with like the, all the different turtle types and stuff. Like See, this one looks nice as well. I haven't seen that one. So maybe that's the one that maybe I need to like dive into that because I'm reading the... It's called, I think it's called The Last Ronin. I think that's oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah, the the, yeah. the comic the graphic novel kind of anthology so I'm reading that uh, finished like the first part of that which is it's been good so far like I just mm. uh, I never realised like there's there's so much personality like it just made me realise like comics are fucking cool like they can just show s- like with the least amount of words possible but just like they can put so much there's so much movement action wit there's so much you can do with like that art style like that like with comic books and I'm like now I'm just like oh man the Marvel movies aren't really if you actually think about how awesome comics can be they really haven't translated that as much as they might they should have been able to with the amount of money they spend on those movies like depending on what you get from comics and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. that's definitely definitely can be true depending on what you want out of the Marvel stuff like their wilder imagery because they're building up to one of their Wilder monitor stories with Secret yeah, Wars, Secret Wars like modern yeah. Secret Wars. Like that comic arc was weird. You know, like yeah. they had a big See, and a very good and that's gonna yeah. feel so much smaller, you know, necessarily because how do you mm. you're not gonna do that right, like in a big way yeah. in the right way. You like because you shouldn't even try it. So you mm. should try and do something else. But it's S- gonna be So I'm confused because there's also the Secret Invasion show, right? 
Yeah. So, in my head, I was like, oh, Secret Wars, that's like the the Kree thing, right? That's like the Secret Invasion thing. And then, and then no, Secret Wars is its own arc dealing with the beyond, like all this other, like, like you know, Kang the there's Conqueror. There's two of them too, because I don't even remember. There was the old the one, one, and there was like the one they did more recently, so it's like there's... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. This is, um, yeah. So... I guess the way to think about it is just like how Marvel Ultimates from the early 2000s informed the MCU, this Secret Wars storyline takes from the most recent version of the How Secret How to get into Marvel? Yeah. We're talking about Turtles. Because <laughs> uh, comic books. That's my... That's oh, my yeah, thing. that's right. Sorry. <laughs> comic books and CGI. That's just my thing. Also, yeah. Spider-Verse. Hell yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. it's like, I, I love that the Turtles movies looks like Spider-Verse like the animation yeah. looks very Spider-Verse kind of I'm so glad that people have gone away from the, like the like Pixar like kind of very bland Pixar look and, and embraced the these different look, I think. oh yeah yeah but Dreamworks. Pixar also did that as well like just kind of very flat lighting very like trying to go for realism even though it's like you don't have to um, <laughs> remember like I was reminded of it recently have you seen Mastermind like no. the Dreamworks movie Megamind uh, I get Megamind, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That one looks so creepy, and it still oh, looks okay. so creepy. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking about the other day where it's like everything. I, I, I kind of saw that like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it, it looks so scary for an art style. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's got that uncanny look. Yep. And it's like, it's. Anyway, I'm glad they moved on from that, yeah. at least. Like, I heard now really I'm good things about. It. Like the animation style and the storytelling in the most recent Puss in Boots movie, which I would not expect at all. And, yeah, um, me too. Yeah. So anyway, that's um, yeah. So that's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, the first teaser trailer that came out. And that's going to do it for another episode, another long-awaited episode of Double Jumper Radio. As always, you can send in your questions and your feedback to podcast at doublejump.co. And uh, if you send through a question, we'd love to read it out on air in, the, the, in a future episode. Um, John, thank you so much again, man. I always, always love having a chat with you. And I'm, I'm so sorry that it's taken so long since the last time. <laughs> That's <all> good. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. But hopefully we'll get to it next week too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Keep on top of it. Yeah, maybe we can uh, talk about. Maybe we can finally talk about Last of Us, the TV show. Finally. Yeah, I am planning on catching up to that, yeah. like within the next week, because I think the last episode maybe is coming out next week or, so or this this week. Some uh, anyway. uh, it doesn't matter. We'll it's we'll ending soon, so yeah. I want to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's gonna do it for another episode of Double Jump Radio. Head over to doublejump.co. Uh, read all of our awesome content find us on social media and you know find us on discord where we, we'd love to have you as part of the community but yeah thank you so much everyone for listening and until next time look out for one another peace Bye.